Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Wisdom Seekers class. My name is Cece Collins, and I am your teacher for today. The title of my lesson today is Be of Good Cheer. The Father has spoke this phrase to me during my prayer one day, and it was during uh, the month of June. So this, this phrase has been resonating in my spirit for several months. Uh, it was right after we had come back from Brazil, and um, at the time I uh, received this phrase, I was recovering from the fall that I had had. And I didn't realize at the time that I received this phrase from the Lord that it was going to be my message for today. I had already been contemplating on uh, speaking on something else, but this be of good cheer has been continually coming to my spirit uh, these last several months. And then, of course, we just came out of the fast of feasting month, so that added to it as well. Um, there have been a few instances this last summer where... Um, that where Winfrey and I has, have gone through some things and um, it also encouraged, you know, this, the Lord kept encouraging me and speaking to me about being of good cheer. Uh, so in, this is what prompted my study for today. So our word, um, the be of good cheer, cheer is our word uh, tharsos and it means to be of good cheer, comfort, which comes from the word uh, tharsis. And it means to be daring and bold. And it also um, means to exercise courage, to be bold, boldly to have confidence or to be confident. I found it very interesting in studying this topic that, um, you know, we know that when we hear be of good cheer, what does that tell us? That means that, you know, we're going to be, you know, it's going to be a comforting word. It's going to be one that we can, you know, make us happy, joyful. I never realized that it, it also aligned with being bold. Um, it's a derivative of our word cheer. And I didn't realize that, you know, to, uh, to, uh, to that even uh, had anything to do actually with courage. Courage and to be bold. I, I guess if you, when you go through things and, and you, know, you know, just life in general, uh, to be of good cheer would, would um, require for you to have boldness and to have courage. It just, I didn't I realize in doing this study that the two were that, that much connected. So as we go through these scriptures this morning, there's going to be times when the word is used to, um, to be of comfort, and then sometimes it's going to be used to, be, to have courage and to have boldness and to have confidence. So I'm going to start with um, my title of my first uh, scripture is Christ Cures a Paralytic. And this is in Matthew 9, 1 through 8. And these scriptures we're going to talk about today are, are very familiar to all of us. And some of them are little extended, uh, extended passages. But I felt like it was needed to be able to uh, deliver the message that uh, was on my heart. So bear with me this morning. So Matthew 9, 1 through 8. And he, speaking of Jesus, entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the, uh, to, unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Now it says that Jesus, uh, seeing their faith, and he spoke to this man as a son, 
So he spoke to him as, uh, as him being in alignment and having purpose for the Father. So he saw into this purpose of this man that was sick, and he knew that what his father intended for this uh, person was not for him to be lame and sick and weak and, and sickly. And this is one of the reasons, because we know that, uh, you know, everybody that Jesus encountered, he didn't heal. But there was a particular purpose for this situation here and a particular purpose that um, the father had for this individual. It says, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain other scribes uh, said unto themselves, This man blasphemies. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, says, Therefore, therefore think you evil. So he's asking them, Why do you think evil in your heart over this situation? And uh, this word evil is aponeros, and it means to, um, comes from the word panos, which means anguish, great trouble, intense desire, pain, and also refers to the character of a person. So Jesus is asking them, why do you think evil? Why do you, why do you have evil intentions for this man that God has, has uh, an intended purpose for their life? God, you know, God, my father does not intend for this man to say ill or sick. And why do you have Ill, illness and evil in your heart towards this individual? For is it, uh, verse 5, for whether it is easy to say, thy sins, uh, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power, and that's Zuzia, authority and jurisdiction, on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, arise, take up thy bed, and go into thy house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw him, they marveled, and they were amazed, and glorified Theos, which had given them exousia unto men. So the father seen into this, into the purpose of this, uh, Jesus seen into the purpose the, the father had for this man. And it wasn't, uh, you know, the father's desire for him to be sick and lamely. And, and he also seen into the individual's man's heart, uh, you know, as we don't, you know, when we look at people, we don't, we don't see the heart that God sees for them. And so, you know, we have to be careful about judging others. And of course, we don't want to judge others. But I mean, we all, we're human. And, you know, we may not consider, you know, um, people in the manner that, that our father would consider them. So we have to be careful. And this verse just right, right here, the scriptures right here tell us that Jesus spoke to this individual as a son. You know, he's seen into his into his being and seen what what the father had intended for this individual. And you know, that's really our job, right? Is to be able to look into a person and see the intention that God has for that person instead of maybe even the intentions that they may exhibit or they may act. You know, we have we have to look at them. We have to see, you know, that there was a deeper intention that God has for this person's life. So Jesus returns to Capernaum, where he publicly and dramatically heals a paralytic. Before Jesus heals this man, he tells him that his sins are forgiven, which causes some of the scribes in the crowd to silently accuse Jesus of blasphemy in their hearts. And Jesus calls them out on that. He calls them out on their blasphemous unbelief and demonstration of who he is and who he claims to, to be by healing this paralytic telling him to get up and go home. And the crowds were amazed that God had given authority unto men. 
you know, crowds were very much amazed over all that uh, Jesus did throughout his, you know, his ministry on earth. I've been, I had already, you know, we, we all know the, the movie Chosen. It's been a popular movie that's been out for quite a while now. And I had, um, I had already looked through the series, you know. Uh, I think I'd gotten through series two. I mean, the series, the seasons, one and two. And, um, but this summer, I just felt impressed to sit down and re-listen to all of it again. And, um, and I guess maybe that's what prompted my message, too, because it's going to be a lot about the things that Jesus did while he was ministry on earth. And um, it just, you know, it's been in my spirit this summer. And I have really just enjoyed being able to take the time off and just really spend some time. You know, when you work, you know, you got to hit and miss. You know, you got to do a little here and do a little there. But, you know, when you have more time off, you can really focus on certain segments of things that, you you know, you've been wanting to do. And um, so it was an opportunity for me to do that this summer. And um, really been a blessing. So my next um, scripture I entitled, Jesus Walks on the Sea. And we've got two different passages that we're going to look at, one in Matthew and then one in Mark. And they're basically the same scriptures, but they, uh, they speak about this, the, the miracle that uh, Jesus did when he walked on the water in just a little bit of a different way. So the first one is Matthew 14, 27 through 33. And it says, But straightway Jesus spake unto them and said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And this is our term, courage. And as I said earlier, I, I, when, I, when you think of be a good cheer, you think about being happy and joyful and, you know, everything being upbeat and, and cool and all that. You don't think about that it's, it aligns with courage and having a boldness and to be able to exercise it, have confidence. But our scripture here, this be of good cheer, is that term. So verse 28, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, and he was afraid, and beginning to think, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hands and caught him and said to him, O thou of little faith. And what Jesus was telling him, O thou that lack confidence. O thou of little faith, you lack confidence. Wherefore did thou doubt? Wherefore did thou waver? You know, how many times do we waver and not have confidence? You know, we don't, of course, we have never, you know, we haven't experienced the walking on the water or anything as dramatic as this. But how often do we, in the situations that we go through with life, waver or have lack confidence in, in knowing that, you know, the Father has what he has us going through for a particular reason? It's, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, to teach us or instruct us or something. Verse 32, And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came, and they worshipped. They proscuneoed him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. Jesus says to them, It is I, be not afraid. Peter had faith to meet Jesus on the water, as long as he wasn't looking at the situation. So that is us. How, how, how? You know, when we begin to look at our situation, do we, really, do we really have faith to see that it's going to work out as though the Father wants it to? Do we have the confidence and the reassurance that we know that, um, 
that the Father has everything under control and that he's the one that actually is in control of everything. So, you know, we can have, we have faith to believe others, uh, miracles for others, but how often do we have faith to believe that for ourselves, you know? I know I went through a situation this summer where I had a, just a, a normal routine procedure, you know, that we all have to go in and have done, you know, uh, periodically. And um, they had found some things that was of concern. And so right away, you know, when I, I just accepted it, you know. So I've got to walk through this, you know. Instead of just saying, no, I'm going to be healed and it's all going to be over with. So I just, I just said, okay, Father, you know, you're going to have to provide the way because school had just started, seminars coming up, you know, here are at seminar, the old, you know, the enemy is trying to, you know, stop you from pursuing your purpose in the Lord. And so I, my mind, in my mind, I'm juggling, how am I going to work this? You know, I got, I got school started, got seminar coming up, and I have this thing I have to do, you know. And so lo and behold, I had to go into a surgeon, and um, when he examined the situation, he said, and I'm thinking he's going to schedule surgery, you know. I'd already, you know, already went in, whimpered, I already been talked about it. And he says, there's nothing there. He says, when you had your procedure and they did the biopsy, they got it all. He says, it's not there. And I mean, I was so shocked. We were shocked, you know. Here we are thinking we got to schedule this, we got to do this and all this, you know. I'm thinking how I'm going to get off work and work seminar. And I know that, you know, last, time, last seminar it was something else. And, uh, you know, and I just, you know, isn't the enemy a liar? He is a liar. But how often do we, how often do we? not not believe you know and not believe that it's just going to be that kind of an outcome instead of just accepting you know what the father has and just saying well of course we know he he's going to get us through whatever we need to go through <clears throat> but when he does a thing it's just amazing it's amazing and another thing i want to share too about this is that <clears throat> and i don't want to be you know hash up bad, bad news or drag up old stuff, but um, y'all all know my fall in Brazil. Well, um, this summer, um, I had taken my granddaughter uh, uh, to um, a water park, park, the Hawaiian Falls water park. And um, <clears throat> so we're, you know, climbing these stairs, going up these stairs, going, because we got to slide down these slides, you know. Grandma's still able to do all that, praise God. I hung in there with her the whole time. We were there five hours, and towards the end, I said, I am not climbing another stair. <laughs> I said, I am not climbing another stair. So she had to go up those rides by herself. But anyway, because um, her, her, um, her, my son was working, and my daughter-in-law, she just had a baby in April. So, I mean, she wasn't able to go, and the baby couldn't go, you know, in the hundred and something degree weather. So, and, and Grandpa, he just wasn't up to it this year, so Grandma did it. And that's usually what we did. We always, as a family, we used to go, you know, take her to uh, Hawaiian Falls every summer. We didn't get to go last year because I had had knee surgery, and I just wasn't up to all them stairs. But this summer, I went with her. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, it's all going to be cool. We're going to get through this, you know. So I'm climbing up these stairs, and what happens? That I didn't fall, praise God. I had that fear. I kept feeling I was going to fall backwards. 
I tell you, I said, you think you have overcome and you think you can get through. And I know Monica's testimony about the ice and how, you know, she's fearful now to walk on ice, which, I mean, I get it. I mean, I, I get it. But, you know, I kept climbing those stairs. But when I got up to the, uh, the first ride, I kept feeling, I hung, hung on just an extra time because I felt, I kept feeling him that I was going to fall backwards. I mean, it's, it's just amazing that you think you are an overcomer and you think that you can, you know, you don't realize the tragedy affects you the way that it does. But anyway, you, you know, we believe for miracles for other people, but how often do we for ourselves, you know? How often do we have the, I don't know, I guess we just know that, you know, with the will the Father has for our lives, we'll just walk through it. But that was just a small testimony about that, and that's all I have to say about that situation. I was an overcomer, and I made those steps, and it was all the way to the end. I said, I'm not doing it anymore. It wasn't because I was afraid. It was because I was tired. <laughs> Grandma wasn't going no more. But anyway, we had a great time. That is real because I when I was in when I was in college I jumped on a horse very foolishly they didn't have a saddle I grabbed hold of it it didn't even have a bridle he just had like a rope around his neck and I'm trotting along and all of a sudden this pit bull gets out of the house and starts chasing the horse the horse starts bucking and throws me off and I land on my back and I'm totally out of breath and shocked. I mean, I was just absolutely shocked. And, and, but I walked away fine, perfectly fine. Well, then when I was in college, I decided in my brilliance that I was gonna take a horseback riding class. <laughs> because, you know, you're choosing your electives and you're thinking, what's, you know, what's the funnest thing I can do? Mm -hmm. I've tried tennis, you know, I've tried all these. So I signed up for this class. Well, it's like the first day and that we go out and I, would, I went to that horse, and I was literally petrified to get on that horse. Never been afraid of animals, never, I mean, I'm the first person to run up to a big dog. Yeah, and I realized right then, that is very real. Mm -hmm. So at the airport, if we'd had it to do over, we would have had you get back on that escalator <laughs> and ride back up and take Dominion over that. Well, see, I wanted to. We had another stairs to take, and I, wa I said, no, let's go. And Patrick said, no, we're not going. We're going the elevator. <laughs> he said, oh, no, we're not doing this again. We're going the elevator. <laughs> so uh, that, that was true. And I really hadn't been on any heights or anything in stairs since then. So, I mean, it, it was the first time. But, you know, just the thought came into my mind. I kept feeling like I was going to fall backwards. And I thought, I'm hanging on double tight. <laughs> you know? I, I understand that completely. I remember the first time I was on a horse. I mean, I was just screaming and yelling and causing a ruckus. And finally, the manager came out and unplugged it. <laughs> so you were an overcomer too, right? <laughs> That's funny. Was that at Mariano's wreck? Yeah, that was it. Was it? Okay, then the title for my next passage is Jesus Com Comforts His Disciples, and it's in John. 
16, 20 through 33, and it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. They will be happy, cheerful, they will be well off. And you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall turn into joy. You shall have cheerfulness, calm delight. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into this world. And you now therefore have, and you, and ye now therefore have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your hearts shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. And we know that joy actually is the joy that, you know, we get in serving the Lord. And there's nothing, there's no man, there's nothing that can take that from us. That's a gift from the Father that, you know, is in partnership we have with Him. And there's nothing that can, that can take that away. Verse 23, and in that day you shall, you shall ask, and this is um, or Taylor, uh, Artero, and it comes from the word uh, arrow, means to request, to entreat, to pray, to speak, other, and this, this is Jesus came to God as a peer, as a friend, as a partner. And this is, you know, when we come to, to Jesus or to God, uh, our Father, to ask for things, we come to him as a, as, as a friend, as a partner. It says, you can ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall, I tell you, whatever you ask, whatever you crave, 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 whatever you call forth, require, desire. And this is a word that comes from uh, the place of authority that we have in the Father. We ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And we know that that's just not a blank check that we have that we can get whatever we want. We know that uh, when we come to the Father and when we, uh, when we ask for a situation, it's got to be in alignment with His will for that, for that particular thing. It's not just a blank check. Verse 24, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. And this is our word, Palero. And it comes from Polaris, and it means covered in every part, lacking nothing. So you know that your joy uh, that you have in the Father is covered in every part, and nothing is lacking in your life. Verse 23, These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall atteo in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father, he is going to come to the Father as a, as a son, as a peer, as a friend for you. For the Father himself loveth because he had loved me and have believed that I came out of God. I, am come, I came forth from the Father and I am coming to the world again. I leave the world and go to the, my Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverbs. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that ye, any man should ask thee? By this we believe that thou cometh forth from God. Thus answereth them, Do you now believe? Jesus says, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, it is now come that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. 
These things I have spoken unto you that in, that, that in me you might have peace. You might have irony. You might have be one with the Father. You might have the harmony, the quietness that we have with our Lord. We have that through the relationship that we have with uh, Jesus. In this world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. Be of good comfort. I have overcome the world. Jesus promises to send the Holy Spirit to his disciples when he departed, when he departs. It would be that he, he explains to them that it would be to their advantage that he goes. He describes to them that the Holy Spirit coming would be better for them than if he was, it would be better for them that if he, than if he stayed. And what a wonderful gift we have received from God, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus explains to his disciples how the Holy Spirit will help the world, and he shares with them that he will not always be with them. And many of his disciples were confused and wondered, what, what really does all this mean? And he explains that he is going to his Father in heaven. He uh, encourages them, be of good cheer, this is our word comfort. And Jesus warns us that in this life we will have tribulation, and this is the term, uh, courage but be of good cheer, because he has overcome the world. And as Christians, we will be persecuted for our belief. But we, and we are seeing that in our world today. Jumping back up, I missed something I wanted to share. In Mark 6. 45 uh, and 52. As I spoke, this said, uh, this was another interpretation of Jesus walking on the water. And it makes me wonder, you know, how, how, how makes me wonder how often Jesus is right there in, in the midst of the storms and we don't even see him. He was going to walk right past the disciples and calm the storm for them, but they didn't see him, and, they, and they, they saw him, and they got fearful. How often do we get fearful in the situations that we go through with our life? How often do we get, um, in the middle of our trials, do, do we think that we're alone? You know, we have to remember that we are not, that uh, Jesus, that, you know, our Father is always there, right there with us. So jumping down to, um, as Paul pleads his case, uh, his cause, in Acts 23, 1 through 14, and this is, and to Paul, truth was very important to him, as it is to all of us as well. You know, we, we govern our life by the truth, by the truth of God, by the truth of his word. And he was standing before the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council, to plead his case before them. And he was there to explain why a mob attacked him in the temple. Paul was being persecuted for his faith. And how often are we, you know, persecuted for our faith? And the Lord told him to be of good cheer, to be of good comfort. That he had, that he had testified to him in Jerusalem and would also bear witness to him in Rome. And it says when the Spirit speaks to us, we need to take note of it. So Acts 23, 1 through 14 says, And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded them 
that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto them, God shall smite thee, thou white-walled, for sittest thou to judge me after the law, and commandest me to, smitten, to be smitten contrary to the law. And they that stood by said, Revilest thou high priest. Then said Paul, I will not, I wish not, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil, this is our word kakos, ill or bad, of the ruler of the people. And Paul, he recognized authority. So he recognized that, you know, you don't speak ill or, or negative of someone that is over you. When Paul perceived that the one part was the Sadducee and the other was a Pharisee, he cry, cried out in council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. Of the hope and the resurrection of the dead, I am called in question. So he's saying, you're standing here before me and you have me brought in because you're, you're asking me, you're questioning me about the hope and the resurrection of the dead. And this is why he was uh, being questioned. And when he has uh, said so, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were, uh, were of the Pharisees part arose and strove, saying, We find no evil, so we find no cacos in this man. But if, uh, but if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. And when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them and to bring him into the castle. And the night following, the Lord stood by him, and he said, Be of good cheer. And this is our word comfort. Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also in Rome. And when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. And they were more than forty which had made this conspiracy. And they came to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a curse, and that we will, that we will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. There was a multitude that was uh, uh, really planning um, some great harm from Paul. But Paul had the courage. He had to be of good courage because there had also, because the night before, verse 11, and the night following the Lord stood by him. So the Lord had already given him comfort and courage that everything was going to be okay. And I think about uh, uh, the many journeys that the network has taken. I know you, Pastor and Monica, has traveled numerous times and many of y'all as well. When God sends you out, you will come home, Amen. you know? And you have that comfort knowing that you will come back. And this is what Paul, you know, the Lord says, I'm not done with the work that I have for you. And that's the same that, you know, the Father's saying to us. He's not done with the work that he has for us. We will go out and we will come back. And we will be successful and the things that God has called us to do. We will, we will do the work that God has called us to do because he has anointed us and, and given us the ability to do that. And um, so Paul, even though he knew that there was many people that were you know, wanting to destroy him, 
he had the confidence and the courage and, and, the, and the comfort in knowing that that he was going to continue the, the work that God had, you know, that his father had planned for him. Do I have any comments from anyone before I go forward? Okay, the next part is Paul on his ship bound for Rome. It's in Acts 27, 9-44. Uh, this is a really long extended passage. I'm not... I'm going to kind of ad lib as I go along. It says, Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. Paul encouraged them. And he said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only, not only of the cargo in the ship, but also of our lives. So Paul already knew, you know, he had already been spoken to by God, by the Lord, that you know, there was going to be problems on this journey. Verse 11. Nonetheless, the satyrian believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which Paul had spoken. And because the harbor, the haven, was not commonious, and this means inconvenient, to winter in, the more, uh, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenix and there to winter. And they were going to winter there which is um, a harbor in Crete, and lieth towards the southwest and northwest. And when the, sun, uh, when the south wind blew softly, supposedly that they had obtained their purpose, loosing, loosing thence, they sailed uh, close to Crete. But now long after there rose against it a tempest, a temptuous storm. This is a storm, a wind. It was a storm from the east having uh, very high waves, and it was actually a typhoon. That they were experiencing. Verse 15, and when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat which when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand. Strake sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling, which is the equipment and the furniture of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars uh, in many days, so it continued to rain, appeared and no and no small tempest laid on us all hope that we would be saved was then taken away and this was actually a journey that they experienced for like two weeks it was um, terrible weather it was actually they were experiencing a, typh a typhoon verse 21 but after long absences Paul stood forth in the midst of them and says sirs we should have hearkened, and you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Be cheerful, be more cheerfully, be merry, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and who I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. 
thou must be brought uh, before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all of them that sell with thee. So we're, we're, lear- we're in, our, in our, the scriptures that we're um, studying this morning is we're learning that there was an angel that spoke. Uh, Jesus spoke, be a good cheer. Paul spoke, be a good cheer. And now here's the angel of the Lord speaking, be a good cheer. Verse 25, Therefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, which was two weeks, they were in the storm, as we were driven up and down in uh, Adria about midnight, and the shipmen deemed that they drew near to the same country, and sounded and found it twenty fathoms, and that, and the fathom is a distance from one fingertip to the other. You stretched out. It says that when they had gone a little farther, they sounded again and found it to be fifteen fathoms. Then, fearing least we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea, under they were going to let down the boat under pretense as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship. Paul said to the satyrian and to the soldiers, except these able, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. So he's telling them, if you get out of the ship, you're not going to make it. I've already been spoken to by an angel of the Lord that you have to stay in the ship. The ship is not going to make it. We will make it, but the ship won't. But he's saying, if you leave the ship, it's already been spoken to me that you will not survive. And verse 23, Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you have tarried and continue fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. And there shall not a hair fall from the head of, of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. That, yeah, really, can you imagine on one hair? <laughs> That's what it's saying. That's what the scripture says. Well, the hair didn't, they didn't lose any hair on the voyage, on the journey. <laughs> That's what it's saying. They didn't lose any hair on the journey, on this particular journey. Verse 36, then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. They were, they were in fine spirits, they were cheerful, of good cheer, and they were more cheerfully. And um, verse 37, and we were in all in the ship, two hundred and three score and sixteen souls. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out all the wheat into the sea. And when it was day, they knew not the land, but they had discovered a certain creek with a shore into, uh, the, into uh, the which they were minded. So basically, they, um, they, made their vo- they made the voyage. The, uh, uh, the people didn't die on the ship. And it was like 270 
six men. Paul was standing before the Sanhedrin uh, in the Jewish council and he, to plead his case. And there was, uh, he was there to explain why a mob attacked him in the temple. And he was, uh, and he was being persecuted for his, for, uh, his faith. Paul journeyed in many different places on his uh, way to Rome, and this journey was not without problems. The crew encountered terrible weather, and as I said, it was, um, they experienced a two-week typhoon. And Paul, during this whole journey, he earnestly prayed for their safety. But he was warned in advance by an angel not to fear that they would, they would all survive. The crew of 276 men and passengers would not die. The Spirit speaks to us the same way, warning us of danger. I can think of many times where the Spirit has guided me, and I'm sure you can as well. I also know of times where I didn't pay attention to that voice. And, you know, we do, we do suffer when we don't listen, don't we? Let us all be sensitive to hear the ears open to hear what the Father is saying. I, um, in my job right now, I'm... Um, I work, um, my responsibility is to work between two teachers and to, um, and to help them. I'm an instructional aide, so I have to help them in the classroom. And um, so we had an opening position last year. The individual that I was working with, uh, he retired. We well, didn't retire. He moved. His family moved to a different city. They moved, up, uh, they moved to around Houston area. So I knew that we were gonna, I was going to be encountering um, getting a new individual to work with and um, so you know I've been kind of praying about it anticipating all throughout the summer you know who this person would be and of course there's no word you know you don't hear about who they hired or anything until school starts well lo and behold I had had a feeling from the Lord you know a voice from the father telling me that I was uh, that there was going to be an individual that was going to be hired that that I might not get along with quite well because of our faith and our beliefs. And so there was a few positions open on our campus and I wasn't really sure, you know. Well, at the time when I found out, you know, right before school started, I found out who, you know, who the individual that they were gonna hire, that it was gonna be with me. And um, I didn't know anything about this person. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't know, even know the person's name. I just knew they were gonna teach history and they were going to work. Uh, they were going to do PE for the boys. And so I'm thinking well, it's a man. And so I'm thinking, you know, just gearing your mind up for what you're, you know. And I worked with the man. He, the history teacher, was a man last year, but he was a believer. He was, you know, we had like spirits. You know, he, we talked a lot about politics, and you know, and he, he taught his class. You know, when he, whenever he taught his class, it was, he always inserted biblical things into it. You know, so it was a joy to be there, and it was a joy to work alongside of him. And um, it was disappointing, you know, to find out when he, when he decided to leave that he was leaving because we, we you know, we really grew and had a, a good relationship and with one another because of the, of the way that we believed. So I thought, well, it's going to be a man, you know, so I'll have to get used to, you know, their ways and all this. Well, lo and behold, when school started, it actually wasn't the individual, it wasn't a man. They actually had moved some positions around and I wound up with a lady. But... And I was very thankful 
like I said, I didn't know anything about these individuals. I don't know anything about how they <coughs> felt or even what they looked like, how old they were or anything like this. But when school started and we met the new staff, I was very grateful that God had already been preparing my heart to pray for the person to be with me because if I would have been stuck, uh, if I would have had to work with this other individual, it would have been a lot of contention, you know. And it maybe not so much in, but it's just spirit contention, you know. Our spirits weren't connected, and it would have been just a lot of, you know, contention amongst ourselves. So, you know, the Lord does speak to us. He guides us, and, you know, he, he prepares things way before than what, what, situations that we will encounter way before we even, even encounter. And another, I have a testimony about driving back from Waco one day. And I don't know, we just have these thoughts that go through our mind, you know, we're people, and we have thoughts that go through our mind, and, and it's, um, it's not interstate, but it's back roads, uh, a two-lane road. And why I felt this way or even thought it, I, I, I don't know, but you know, you hear about all kinds of accidents out on the road and all this kind of, so it entered, it entered my mind that I might have an accident on the way home. And I thought, so I was extra careful about, you know, traveling and going and everything because I did, you know. And lo and behold, there could have been if, if I hadn't been aware of what was going on. And uh, it's just amazing, you know, that how the Father will speak to us and warn us in advance of something that's going to happen. And there was an, uh, a situation uh, that happened to me uh, well, it's been over a year ago. Prior to that, it was the same way. I was in Waco, and I was, um, and I was thinking, you know, that I had to get over there and get back to this place because, you know, I was on a time crunch. We had, you know, appointments, so we had to do this, and so I was, you know, I knew that I had this amount of time to do this and this amount of time, you know, to get back to where I needed to be. Well, I'm driving along. I'm driving along, and and I passed the road where I was supposed to turn, and so um, I'm thinking. I know I think I've come too far. So I'm thinking, I'm going to turn to, the, uh, turn to the left and turn back around. Well, when I did, there was another car right there, right there, w right there. And, and prior to that situation, the thought had entered my mind that, you know, I needed to get to where I needed to go and then back again. And it also was another time when I had thought that I might have an accident. And you know, the Lord had warned me way before that 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 might happen. And I tell you what, our cars came so close to one another, it had to be an angel that separated us. And it was just a miracle of the Lord. But you know, the Lord will speak to us about things that, that you know, we have to heed or we may go through in our life prior to, the, to them, us having to go through them. Now, the Lord never told me that we were going to fall in Brazil. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> he didn't tell me that. But anyway, you know, the Lord will speak to us. And I know many of y'all have testimonies about the times when God would, would tell you things or you, you know, have the unction of the Spirit that this might happen and so you're more on guard about, you know, your uh, whereabouts and, and, you know, and what have you. But, you know, we have to heed that voice of the Spirit. And Paul did. And... It's, it saved men because there were some men in, this, in, the, in these scriptures that were going to get in a boat and they were going to go ahead and go on their own way. They're going to they're drop that little boat and they thought they could get to shore quicker, you know, because they knew that, that the ship was, um, was falling apart. 
And so they thought they would be more safer. And Paul encouraged them, don't get it, don't, don't do it. Because if you do, the Lord, you know, the angel of the Lord done spoke to me and told me that the ones that stay inside this ship are going to make it. And that's another thing that we have to uh, realize, that if we'll stay in our purpose before the Lord, if we will continue to walk in our purpose for the Lord, and if we won't veer to the right or to the left, that we will be successful in the things that God wants us to do and the things that God wants us to be. But what do we have to do? We have to stay in that ship. We, ha we can't abandon our purpose because if we abandon our purpose, there will be destruction for our lives. So this next verse um, um, is in Zechariah, and it's a very familiar scripture, but we just came out of the Fast of Feasting Month, and I uh, wanted to share it. So Zechariah Zach uh, 8, 18 through uh, 23 says, And the word of the Lord of hosts came unto me, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, The fast of the fourth month, the fast of the seventh, and the fast of, uh, fast of the fifth, and the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth shall be to the house of Judah. Joy. Our word sasson and gladness. And it's our word sima. And it'll be cheerful. It'll be a, a, a tobe feast. Therefore, love the truth and peace. Thus says the Lord of hosts, it shall come to pass that there shall come people in the inhabitants of many city, cities, and the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go speedily to pray, and this is our word halal, before the Lord, and to seek the Lord of hosts, and I will go also. Yea, many people and strong nations shall come to speak, uh, seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, and in these days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you. We, will have, we have heard that God is with you. And we have just come through the fast of feasting month where we fo focused on the tobe, on the joy, of the Lord and not looking back on our past defeats and it is a time of laying aside the past and going forward with purpose it is required it's a required shift in our thinking to see the will of God be done it is a cheerful fast and a very refreshing time in the Lord there are many that are saying that they will take hold of the hem of our garment and follow us we are in a season of rejoicing Having just come out of the month of fast of feasting, I felt like this was a timely scripture. So we have many that are, are uh, saying they want to take uh, hold of the hem of the garment and to follow the pathway of purpose that the Father has for us. And that's, um, that's an encouraging thing. I know there's been many, many years of, of work and toll that, that have been that the network and, and uh, all of y'all have have labored. I know Wimpert and I, we haven't been a part of it, you know, quite as long. Maybe 15 years of y'all. Y'all been at it for much longer. Uh, but you're, you're being able to see the fruits of your labor. God is really bringing forth in, uh, you know, all that he said that he would do, you know. The, the, and in the season that we're in, it's, it's, um, it's a quick work that the Father's doing. The next scripture I have is virtues, and it's in Proverbs 15, 13 through 4, and it says, A merry heart maketh cheerful, and this is our word, yatab, and it means to be content, to be glad, to find favor, 
countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. The heart of a man that hath understanding, and this is our word being, seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. You know, things are so much better in our life when we think about uh, the, the joy and the purpose of the Lord and, and, and we know that joy is fulfilling the will of God in our lives and nothing fulfills that more than being in the, in the will and the purpose of our Lord and staying in that pathway. The next verse um, I added, and this is for less, <laughs> this scripture on, on giving. And I didn't know, I didn't know all this time that cheerfulness meant hilarious. And it's just, it just, it tickled me when I, when I read it. And so I had to, I had to insert it for less. So if, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall weep also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall weep also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of a necessity, for God loved a cheer, uh, cheerful giver. And our word cheerful is hilarious. I, 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 I didn't know that. And I thought it was, I know that I've heard it over the years. I know you've probably said it less many, many times, but it just resonated in my spirit as I was uh, preparing this uh, message. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye having all sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work. You know, we have to respond as, as Les continues to encourage us every time he takes the offering to respond. We have to respond. Um, this also means to, um, to have a willing, a prompt, a willing, uh, and be, have a willing heart to give and a prompt. So prompt means to respond quickly when we're asked to give and not grudgingly and do it, you know, with joyous and laughter in our hearts over it. I'm going to close with this uh, scripture here in Romans, and it says, We want to please God. Romans 12, 1 to 10. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, and this is Hagios, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good. This uh, agathos, and acceptable and perfect. This is what we're telling us will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to him, to every man the measure of faith. But as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, whether prophesy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of your faith. Our minister, let us wait on our ministering. Are he that teaches on teaching? Are he that exhorteth on exhortation? He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And this is our, uh, our word. Hilarious. And it also means um, brisk. Verse 9. Let us love. And this, this is our word agape. Be without dissimulation. Arbor that which is 
arbor says, do not take hold of that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. And this brotherly love there is our word phileo. And honor, and this is Timmy, and it means with dignity and esteem. Preferring one another. So we have to, you know, as, as individuals, as Christians in general, we have to present our body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto, unto our Father. And we cannot be conformed to this world, but we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And how do we do that? How do we accomplish that? We accomplish that being, by being on our face before the Lord, by being right place before the Lord, being in supplication and pursuke. And, you know, it's an everyday journey. And it's really, it's an everyday journey to be of good cheer <laughs> in the world that we live in. I mean, it really is. I mean, the things that we, you know, go through, the things we encounter. I mean, just taking a trip down the road. I mean, going into the grocery store. I mean, the things you encounter. So I, um, it was something that the Lord had just been speaking to me um, basically for several months. And I just felt like it was... It was a study that I, I needed to bring forth. Um, I, it, um, I pray it was a message of encouragement to all of y'all. It was meant to be that. Um, and I realized, well, I was told I had the wrong date. <laughs> so I guess it was, it was June 29th when I was working on this message. And I don't know why I put 29 on there. But anyway... You know it's not. So anyway, I, I pray that um, y'all enjoy the message and it, um, the Lord spoke to you of something important to your life. Is there, do I have any comments before we close? Anybody would like to share or add anything? Yes, right. And I thought, you know, that's that's so. Um, we're we're guilty of that too. Mm-hmm. You know, we we, uh, we we seek counsel or guidance you know, from those we know to be spiritual people, and they tell us one thing, and it's almost like, and I think it's human nature. We want to hear what we want to hear, but if we don't hear what we want to hear from the person we should be listening to, we'll go. Responsibilities. Yeah. yeah. In the office in which he operated, he would be promoted or rewarded for, for bringing this all to completion, right? And so he wanted to find people that would agree with him. And he did listen to the, the 
And it's so true, often do, you know, do we heed, you know, the counsel that we should heed <coughs> and not, you know, seek for it in other, uh, other ways. But, you know, as humans, we, you know, we often do. Oh, I was thinking about your post calls and the Lord speaking to you, and I was reminded of the story in the Bible of the ten lepers that were healed and only one came back and thanked him for the healing. And um, I'm sure you did this, but I'm always quick to respond to the Lord and thank him for protection or safety mm -hmm. or foreknowledge or whatever it happens to be. And so we, I think that follows up what you're talking about, you know, gladly receive the counsel, but also be thankful to the Lord mm -hmm. and give appreciation to him. Amen. you know that's that's really where our focus needs to be of what God is doing in the nations you know not all these other things the enemy wants to throw at us you know I know Monica had a little incident on the interstate too on Monday night you know I mean the enemy the, the enemy is you know coming against us but you know we just have to stand firm we have to remember you know what, what all the great things that God is doing you know and not the things that you know we encounter in our everyday life you know Yeah, the other all is just <coughs> materialistic things, you know. So, anyone else? No, I can't imagine. So Out in the, in the middle of the ocean, too. Right, right. The only thing I can accompany that to is the, the, um, the Seven Spirits sailboat coming by me as I'm kayaking in the Atlantic, tipping me over. That's the thing that happened. But my, my point is, 
situation that's similar where we think, oh man, I, I really should have listened to that word or that voice, or and here we are in the, in the thick middle of it because of the decision we made. And sometimes we can think God can't move in the midst of it, but this is an indication that he can still be with us <coughs> and help us even when everything else is falling apart and shipwrecked and typhoon-like. And he can, he can still bring a point of deliverance or salvation in the midst of that. And that's, that's really encouraging when you go think about it. And, you know, the scripture doesn't say, but how many of them really turned and were converted because of what they experienced, because of the terrible storm they went through? And another thing I was thinking about, yeah, that's true, but he got, they're thinking, okay, we're going to be shipwrecked. Get out of the ship, right? Yeah, that, that's what they were doing. Right. And, it's, and not knowing that probably some of them might have taken planks from the ship to be able to float in and then swim the rest of the way to the shore. Well, There's all kinds <clears> of different things that, Oh, yeah, I can't imagine being in that kind of a situation at all. But, yes, and that's just another another example of stay in the boat. Stay in your place before the Lord. Stay where you're supposed to be. Don't be out wandering around trying to be, to, trying to think you can find, you know, satisfaction in life in other areas because you can't, you know. Yes, stay in the boat. You stay. Right. I mean, you know, the natural thing would be to get a boat and try to get out, especially when it was breaking apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Did you? No. I, uh, yesterday, I was with my niece Carrie, and she kept we were on some escalators, and she kept always turning around and going down backwards to talk to me. Oh gosh. I kept saying, "Turn back around." Stop doing that. Stop doing that. <laughs> so, it's interesting, it's not fair and everything, but when I've been on escalators, I respect it for what happened. But after it happened and everything, I was crying and asking about, but I really felt that it had been such a magnificent trip. Mm -hmm. The Lord had, I mean, it was just perfect in every way. And we were all so full of cheer and so full of, of thankfulness for what happened. And I think the enemy was trying to rob yeah. The joy and and to rob and make us focus on what happened instead of giving him praise. Mm -hmm. And when we come home, you know, like now we mentioned it, you know, but we've learned from it. But he, but he didn't. You know, everybody came home and, and God had been so magnificent mm -hmm. and He had taught us and we focused on that. And um, but it's it's interesting how you know the enemy does try to get your focus on right, him. right. That's right. I mean, and he can and do it at the last minute, too. <laughs> you know? Short dream. <laughs> and I woke up the 
taking more precautions. So for me, even though I don't have a grid, I need to notate it and share it with those that were that like are in the dream. So it was, it was a little, now I know it was a word of warning. Let's pass it off, and it might have avoided. You know, <coughs> I don't know. And so I say, you know, the Lord does speak to us about situations, and we just, you know, we need to really be sensitive. But a lot of times, and we don't even really know. Thank you all.